You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today we're going to look at thought leadership and story and how you can use those to build your business. Now, I know those are not the normal things that you think of when I ask you, what are the keys to business growth? Thought leadership and storytelling are not usually two of the ones that come up, but I promise you that today's episode is going to open up your eyes and help you to see some utter underutilized ways that you can grow your business without costing a ton of money. I want to welcome Danielle Harris to the show. She's a marketing and messaging consultant who teaches coaches and service providers how to attract, <coughs> excuse me, Attract and sign dream clients by sharing their unique stories in their messaging. She has worked in marketing for over 10 years and believes that for most business owners, their story is their most underutilized asset. Danielle is based in Metro Detroit, where she was born and raised. She's also known for her love of chocolate. Yay, chocolate. Travel, <laughs> like that too. And the K-pop group. BTS. About the only thing I knew about them was is that they were involved with McDonald's. Yes. Anything that they do, they sell out. Oh, I didn't even realize who they were. I just kind of like seeing and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess they're popular. I guess I'm at the age where that stuff doesn't even, I don't even notice it anymore. Anyway, you probably won't hear about them for a little bit. They're all in the military, but (laughs) yes, I love them. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. It's a pleasure being here. So I want to just dive in and just ask a really obvious question of you. And so can you use thought leadership and story to build a business? Absolutely. That's probably one of the most foundational (laughs) things that anybody can use. The most foundational thing that anyone can use to start building up their business is their own story and their own thought leadership. I think a lot of times people are thinking like, okay, it has to be like the best offer. It has to be the best X, Y, and Z. But how do you sell that? How do you message that? And it's by talking about a story and it's positioning how your thoughts on something are different than what anybody else is saying out here in whatever industry niche or whatever it is that you're saying. So yes, that can grow your business. It can be one of your top assets in addition to all the other things that you're already doing. But I see a lot of people not focusing on their story, their experience, that connection point and why that's going to make them relatable and want to have other people want to work with them. You just unpacked some really good gold nuggets there, Danielle. I hope the audience was listening. I think sometimes, especially when we start to get into entrepreneurship or we're starting to get to the point we want to scale our business, we think we have to have all these fancy things. And really, you don't 
have to have a whole bunch of fancy software and technology and websites. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a website or something like that, but you know, sometimes we get this shiny object syndrome where we think we have to have all of these things to be able to sell. And you're telling us that if you have a good story and if you have a way that is explaining of what you do in a unique way, guess what happens? You become attractive. You do. I mean, so let's think about this. Say that you are at, you know, some event, you're talking to someone and someone has this really interesting story. You're compelled. You're drawn in. You're just like, tell me more about this. I want to know about this. And they tell you something so captivating. You're just like, wow, that's impressive. Is there something like, should I connect with you in some other way? Or I know someone that would really love hearing more about this and I can share someone else. Like it's story that gets you captivated and hooked. And when you think about that in this one-on-one scenario, then you can easily see how it can scale upwards. It's like, okay, if people understand where it is that I came from and where it is that I'm trying to go, people have buy-in. People want to, to go with someone because anytime you think about a particular person, you're just like, oh yeah, like they started off in here and then they moved over into this area right here. I'm thinking about uh, the, the star of the ABC show, Abbott Elementary, and the Emmy Award writer, creator of that show, she started off in BuzzFeed, right? And there's a whole group of people just like, I remember her when she was on YouTube, she was doing all these things, and now she's grown all the way up into having this Emmy Award-winning show. Like, that's part of her story. Yeah, she's done all the accomplishments, she's done all the things, but people are just like, oh yeah, I know her story. I know where she started off from. And from that, people have so much more buy-in because they're just like, yep, I've seen the come up of her, of where she started from, where she's going, and all of that. And that's the same thing that any business owner can do for themselves. Where did they start off at? For me, my story, my experience, I started off in concrete. People are just like, concrete. Yes, that's where I started off at. And now I'm helping people that are in, there are consultants that are coaches that are service providers. And people are just like, how is that relevant? And I always say, if I can sell books about concrete, not even concrete, a book about concrete, if that's something that I can market and sell, I could do that for anything, right? So if like, if that's my story and my experience, like we can connect this, like people need to understand that's That was one of the big things, like for me personally, like I'm not a civil engineer, but I worked in that space. My background is marketing. I went to school for marketing and I I ended up in this not-for-profit. They write codes and standards for concrete. So concrete, that is not my jam. That is not my background. But I had done that for over a decade, right? And so when I pivoted into creating my own business, I was ready to leave concrete behind. I was just like, I am finally helping people that are growing their own businesses do marketing. Like I can leave the concrete behind me. But the thing was, people actually thought that like my background and experience in concrete was like so interesting, so compelling because they were just like, there are people that would come up and say, well, I don't know how to talk about this. This isn't interesting. That isn't interesting. And I'm just like, your stuff is interesting more so than concrete. So if I'm talking about concrete all these times, I'm talking about books, I'm talking about conferences, I'm talking about summits, all about concrete, you're, what you are doing is automatically 10 times more interesting than that. And once they saw that connection, they're just like, oh yeah, I can see how that background of yours is relevant, right? So like that, that's, the, that's the whole thing of like your story, your background, like it's so important if you're able to connect that and help and show people like, yeah, this is what I do. This is my background. This is my experience. Like that's going to do so much. 
Well, here's the thing. We think that we have to have these humongous, dramatic stories in our life. And most times you don't. You just, I find the stories that work best, at least, you know, when you're looking B2B, service industry, those types of things, is sometimes some of the best stories are the ones where you've got this pivotal moment in your life. This moment where you made a decision and that decision took you on a new trajectory. You know, for me, I share the story of the power of words. And I actually just recently in December, well, okay, it'll, this will be March when it's seen. But back in December, I got a chance to speak in front of a group of people and I carefully crafted my story. But when I was done the story, I told them how I carefully crafted the story and asked them how they felt after the story. And so now they needed to carefully craft their stories if they wanted to have impact by talk about the power of words. How I was told at seven years old that I shouldn't write because I wasn't a good writer to owning a publishing company. And, you know, there was pivotal moments along the way. There was the moment when I had to choose to write that first blog post. There was the moment I had to choose to write that book. There was that moment six to 12 months into the process where the computer almost went out the window. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was that moment in 2015 when God spoke to my heart and said, you should look up writing jobs. These were not huge things. They were not, they were not what most people would consider life defining moments. And yet for me, yeah, what was it? It's what it meant for you. It's not that, that the thing happened, but what that meant and defined for you and then telling that to other people because the same experience could have happened to someone else and it not have meant anything. And then you just kept along going along your path, but it's talking about this thing happened to me and this is why that's important for me and why it makes me someone as a business owner. Like your story is about you, but it's also about the people that you're looking to serve. It's not like you're not talking about your story for the sake of like, look at me, how great I am. It's like, look at me of what I can do and how that's going to be so helpful for you as the person considering working with me. Right. Like, it's not like we're just like, oh, yeah, like I I just want to talk about myself. Most people, when they're just like, oh, I don't actually really want to talk about myself. It's not really about about you in that sense. Like, it is your story. You do need to be able to own what you've done, what you've accomplished and all these other things. But it's also like the goal and the point of telling your story, talking about your thought leadership is what it can do for the people that you're looking to serve, which is why it's so important to not only like know your story. I always say that the second part is knowing the story and experiences of the people that you're trying to help. How is that story that you're telling, like, how is that going to ring true and resonate with other people? Like, that's the point of telling, to impart a lesson, to show and explain how someone else is going to be helped and served by what it is that you do. Well, we're going to dive deeper into that because there's there's more there. But audience, we're going to take a quick break. You know what time it is? RTI Publishing has lots of resources to help you not only write a book that converts readers into clients, but also how to use that book to scale your business. So check out this very short ad break on one of the free resources we have for you. We'll be right back. Writing and publishing a book that converts readers into client and scales your business is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Get my free checklist at bit.ly forward slash create and scale that will show you what you need to do to have your book become a well-converting lead generating tool. 
Danielle, I love what you were saying there. And, oh, I had a thought. I just had a thought. And I went, I, I loved what you were saying there because it's not, the story's not supposed to be about you. It is about you. You're telling your own story. Mm-hmm. But what you touched on there was the fact that you're actually not telling your story for you. You're telling your story to relate to them. And I think when you carefully craft your story, because this is not something that you just, you know, pull off the top of your head and, you know, you tell someone this is something that you have to craft. And you talked about knowing, you know, knowing your audience, knowing the person you're talking to, knowing that target market. So I would love for you to dive in deeper into understanding that and and how when you how you craft that story. Because it's not just any story from your life. It has to be crafted. Mm-hmm. No, it's a deliberate story. So a lot of the times what I do when I talk to my clients, I have them to just tell me everything. Because at the very beginning, what you think is like the goal and the through line of the story may or may not actually be it. So they yeah. are brain dumping on me. All the things that happened <laughs> to them as a little kid. What do they want to be when they grow up? All the way to like, okay, how did you end up with this particular major? Or how did you end up in this job over here? Right. And so after I get like a nice little baseline, what typically happens, because I'll tell you something, most people like they'll tell a story of like what they tell themselves their story is. And then randomly, as we're talking about something else, they'll like drop like, oh, yeah, because then I lived in Tanzania for three years. And like, where did that come from? How did you end up doing that? Like, it will be like this completely different thing. They're just like, oh, that's not important. I'm like, Mm, you're a person that likes to help other people expand and travel and do new things. And you fail to mention that, you know, you, you lived in Tanzania for X amount of years. Like, so the first thing I do is just get to a very cursory, like overview of what it is that you do. But then I quickly pivot into understanding like, what is it that your people want? What, what are their struggles? Why do they want to come to you? And getting very detailed as possible of all the people that you've worked with, what were their backgrounds? What were their experiences? And then what we do is we go back and loop that to where are the parallels in your own story? And it's through those parallels that your story starts to emerge. And that's when you can start carefully crafting those aspects. And a lot of it is going to be some testing because there will be some parts that you toss out. You think, oh, people are going to love this. And they're just like, interesting pool but then there might be another part another tidbit that you toss out there and you're just like everyone reacts and everyone responds so it was one part like being intentional and crafting it and another part saying like what are the parts that resonate and it is a bit of trial and error but it's a very intentional process with that too it's not like just like tossing stuff tossing spaghetti on the walls it's like here are all the things that we've looked at these are the, all the possibilities of the overlap there. Here's all the intentional things that we can say. And we're going to start telling these stories and seeing in what spaces different things really resonate and pick up on. And based off of that, you can carefully craft like, okay, after practice and after doing it time and time again in different areas, I know that when I'm in this audience, this is the story that I tell. When I'm in this environment over here, this is the story that I tell. But it's going to take combing through not only your experience, but the experience of the people that you want to serve and then meshing that together. And it takes time and takes repetition. And that's the part people are just like, I want it right now. 
you can get something right now and it's going to be very like overview, broad, generic, but it's the, the power really comes from when you've practiced it, when you've honed in on it. And that's when the people are just like, oh, they just like come off as really, really good. And like, they just like know their stuff. They rattle it off. That's because it was intentional. It was practice and they knew what they were talking about and what things the different people needed to hear in order to connect. Yeah. It's funny that you say practice. The story doesn't come automatically. And I think feedback, you know, yes. you've got to test. The reason I know my story works is I have tested it many times in many different situations. I've done it individually and I've tested it on stages. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I have tested it in different lengths. I have tested it. I can tell you the story in about one minute the very high overview summary. And I can tell it to you in about 15 to 20 minutes where we do the deep dive into the story. And I like the 15, 20 minutes because I, I don't have to rush and I can just meander through the story intentionally. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't have to rush through it. Whereas in shorter forms, you've got to kind of hit those, make sure you hit those main points. But I think one of the things that people don't realize is that having that story and having it done and having it memorized and knowing all your main points, you don't realize how often you actually are going to use this. And so when you talk about doing it and practicing and honing it, that's important. And people sometimes just don't want to pay the price. Like you said, oh, they just want to get to the story. But if you don't practice and hone it, it doesn't become effective. Mm-hmm. There's there's a book that I love called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And she talks about intentional practice. And it's not just saying something over and over again, but focusing on core specific aspects. So if you're thinking like, okay, I have to tell my story. I'm just going to say it over and over again. But instead, think about, okay, how can I have anecdotes that are part of this story that are going to land. I'm going to test this out. Do people like this anecdote versus that one? And then you could talk about like, how do I want to open up my story to get intrigue? So have a good hook to my story. You can practice on very specific aspects of telling your story and just like, okay, I've got a good hook. Okay. That's down pat. Now let's focus on the next part of it. And it's that it's that same intentionality that we've been talking about. What parts of my story do I want to focus on and work on? And so it's not just like, oh yeah, I, I tell, I just tell it. I just practice saying it. It's like, no, like what's the emotion that you do when if you're actually physically saying it in front of a person versus like how you write it? Do you write it in a certain voice and a tone and cadence? Like those are those things that you really need to be focused on when you're talking about, okay, I'm practicing my story. I'm telling my story, my thought leadership, the perspective behind the thought leadership, all of those things need to flow together. And you talked a little bit about emotion. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've got to bring people on this emotional journey through your story. It's not just the story. It's the emotions behind it. And sometimes too, like, You know, when I talk about my story, I start with the fact my mom died when I was four. You know, that's a bit sad. So at at one point in, I intentionally add a little bit of humor just to lift it up a little bit because, you know, at points it does get heavy, right? Mm -hmm. It, It does get, you know, we're dealing with deep stuff of the heart here. And so 
I, I add a few moments of lightness. You know, I talk about, you know, my mom dying when I was four and everybody's like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. And I'm like, I know it was not easy, you know, and then I talk about how I had a really great dad. You know, thankfully, I didn't have, you know, thankfully, my mother didn't die when I was four and I had this drunk abusive father. I had a really great father. And I talk a little bit about him. And then, you know, to elevate it a little bit, you know, I talk about Captain Patience and his sidekick gullible girl, a.k.a. me and my dad. And, you know, some of the adventures we had, including the time that a cat got into our house. And we knew the cat was not supposed to be in the house and we had to get it out of the house before dad came home. So I came up with the brilliant idea of stinking that thing out with garlic powder. <laughs> right. So that right. It's like, it's not just like saying like, cause you could have said like, yeah, there was this time this cat got into the house. And so in order to get it out before dad got home, you know, uh, you sprinkle some garlic powder to try to get it out. You could say it like that or you could say it exactly how you just said it with all the intonations all the excitement all of the the passion that goes behind it because like you said it's not telling just the story it's all of like the feelings of what it meant to you and that was like a hyper excited time and so your voice and how you express that like that has to match that same thing if not then it's just be like oh yeah i remember this time and we did those and that's what happened. Thank you. Thank you for coming to my pet talk. And it's like, what is that? Why? Why? Like, that's that's the thing that you have to practice. Like, that, that the dramatic pause for effect to let things sink in. It's the excitement that comes up. It's the breathing. It's just the, it's the emotion that comes through. Like, those are the parts. Because those are the things that are going to help you connect to the person that you're trying to get to. Because, again, cause it's not about you. It's about them. And so like, what's the journey that you need them to go on as you're telling these parts of your story? Like, do you need them to feel a little bit afraid because they're just like, I don't know what happens next? Or do you need them to feel excited? Or do you, like, what are those emotions that you need the people to feel as they go along the way? And where do you need them to end up at the end of the day? Like, what was the point of the journey of your story? Yeah, I I took Toastmasters for many years. and. As a kid, I could not tell a joke to save my life. As an adult, I had one joke I could tell that might save my life. <laughs> but when I, one of the things I, when I was a few years in the Toastmasters, I wanted to explore humor more and how could I incorporate humor? Because I, you know, I'm just not the best joke teller. And if I said anything funny, it's hilarious because I didn't intentionally mean to say it in the first place. <laughs> but one of the things that I learned and I got continuous feedback on is I would deliver these funny lines and not even give people a moment to grasp it and laugh. I'd be on to the next thing. And they're like, Kim, you talked about that pause. You have to give them that pregnant pause to actually realize what you just said mm -hmm. and allow them the chance to react to it. Exactly. And so it, you know, we are going to switch gears because I want to switch gears to the thought leadership side, but you know, as, as we kind of start to sum up this, the story side of this is it's not, it's a combination of creating a good story, but it's also the art of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's a thing where some people feel as if like, oh, I, I need to be born with that. Like some people are just gifted at that. Like that's not something I could do. It's a skill that is practiced. And like, like you said, with Toastmasters, like that's 
one of the first things that they have in Toastmasters is a self-introduction. Like that is the first thing you practice doing. They have all the different modules of like how to give a talk where you are educating someone, a persuasive one. Like that's that same intentionality that we were talking about. Like knowing, okay, this is the goal of the point of this story. Why I'm telling, taking you on this path. That's mm -hmm. that's the that's the whole goal. That's the whole point. Yeah. We're going to shift gears here because I want to talk about the thought leadership side because it's not just your story. Mm -hmm. See, to me, and, and let me know if you disagree or not, but to me, the story creates relationship, but the thought, your thought leadership creates the credibility. Exactly. It's like, okay, cool. She's got cool stories. I like her. I like them. But okay, what's next? Like that doesn't necessarily as a business owner, your goal is to get people to want to like you, like, okay, I can see myself wanting to spend time with them, working with them. But then after that, she's like, but do they know what they're talking about? Do they have ideas that are going to actually help me reach my goals? Like, those are the two things. So once you get to the point where you're just like, they seem cool. I want to hang out with them. That's step one. Okay. But what do they know? What are the things that are unique? Like, what are the things that I can buy in with? That's step two. And so once you have like those two things together, you're off and rolling. You're off and rolling. Let, let's do a deeper dive into the thought leadership here. So how how do people develop it? I mean, okay, I know the answer because I help people develop thought leadership in their books, but I, I'd love to hear it from your perspective. Well, so here's the thing. like A lot of people think that like thought leadership is like this very big, it's very like, okay, like how, how do I create something that has never been said or done or seen before? But a lot of times it's not necessarily that. It's more along the lines of how do you say it and talk to it? Because there, it was just today I was talking with someone and I explained something to her. And then a couple of days later, someone else explained the same concept in a different way. And she was just like, oh, like I just needed to hear like a different way of saying the same thing. Right. So it's not like concepts are necessarily new, but like how it's explained and how it's received like those are the things. So I think a lot of times people get so hung up on like, oh, it's like it has to be like this completely 100% unique thing. And I don't have that. So therefore, I don't have thought leadership. Where really the case is, how are you saying it? How do the people that you tend to work with on a regular basis, how does that like, oh, I get it. Like what gets them those light bulb moments for the most part? And so that, that's how I like to think about ship is oh yeah, when I say something like this, light bulbs go off and that's helpful. So that's my thought leadership. And I, I think too, one thing about thought leadership is sometimes it's not always providing the answer. Some of the best thought leadership I've ever received in my life was getting right down to the real problem. Absolutely. Because you think, you think your problem is this. And then, you, you know, you have this person who has this extreme thought leadership they come into your life and they say, yeah, you think the problem is this, but if you actually solve this one underneath here, every other problem would go and you go, oh, that person's so right. And so I think, you know, with thought leadership, if, if you can, you know, also be able to explain not only the solution, but actually explain the problem. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of times, so many times where people are like they're focused on A and like you said, it's B. So a lot of times, like I said, people think that they don't have thought leadership, 
but really you already do. You just haven't been looking at it. So if the the same prompt that you have, you think is A, but it's really B. And there is a way to do that in a way where it feels like it's empowering, where it's like, oh, I can do this. I thought I was focusing on something over here, but actually I have everything that I need already. Actually, I don't have to work as hard. Actually, I already know all of these things. That's the thing that gets people like attracted to your thought leadership because it's just like, oh, like I have A, a revelation and B, I have a thing that I can be working on that feels so actually doable. That is something that I can achieve. Like that's really what's going to take thought leadership to, to the next level of those two parts, a refocus and then an empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think we've covered a lot today. <laughs> we did. We did. But I think if any, if anyone's just thinking like, okay, whatever, what, what do I need to focus on right now? I think if you just get practicing what your story is and then talking about that to different people, practicing it, like to people that do TED talks, like the biggest part of doing a TED speech is the practice. You have to commit to practicing it X amount of times in order to be able to get onto that stage. Those are the things that you need to be doing. And then in that process, what are those times that people have these light bulb moments when they're working with you? Like that's, that's your thought leadership. That's the thing where you're just like, oh my gosh, I never thought about it that way. That's your thought leadership. How are they thinking about things in one way? And how are they now feeling empowered to do in this other way that you've shown them? Yeah. You know, when you, when you talk about TEDx talk, now I have not done a TEDx talk, but I was involved with something called Talk 11 where you had to tell your story, but tell your story in a way where they learned a lesson and you had to do it in 11 minutes. And that was actually really, that forced me to really refine my story. That was one of the big, like I had, I had a story kind of in place, but that process of being able to get on that stage and being able to tell your story effectively in 11 minutes really forced me to refine it down and get it to its, its core elements and it was funny because after it was all over and I think there was about six of us who did it that night so it was about an hour and a half show and I got so much great feedback from people and you know some people are like oh you were the best storyteller tonight and I'm like okay I wasn't the best storyteller but I think my story resonated with you the most though I have to admit my my ego went Oh, that felt so good, right? <laughs> ah, but switching gears, Danielle, as we start to close off the show, can you give us one final thought? And if people have enjoyed this today, how can they connect with you? And, you know, what services do you provide? Yeah, sure. No, just as a, as a takeaway, again, practice telling your story, practice talking about your thought leadership. Because at the end of the day, as you're running a business, like those core things are fundamental in getting you new clients, people understanding who you are, uh, how they can connect with you on a personal level, then knowing how your thoughts are going to help them achieve goals. That's fundamentally how you're going to get clients that are going to be in your business that are excited to work with you and excited that essentially already know some of your core philosophies of how you're teaching them. Like that's really going to get the ball rolling and growing your business. So just to kind of connect it all back that way. But those those are the exact things that I do with my clients when I work with them one-on-one -on -one in my coaching program. And it's talking about 
pulling out all those aspects of your story. It's all about pulling out your thought leadership. What are your unique takes? What are some things that people aren't saying that you are saying? How are you saying things that are a little bit differently, although you don't necessarily think it's so different how you can package that as like your unique thought leadership. And so I help them do that so that they can get more clients into whether they're a service provider, if they're a coach doing one-on-one, whether they have a group program, like those direct things, knowing and understanding your client, knowing and understanding your own story and knowing and understanding your own thought leadership and using all of that to get more clients to fill your programs. So you can find me on Instagram at danielle.r.harris. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm Danielle Harris on LinkedIn. And also I have an email list where if you are interested in getting more insights, more information on how you can also tell your story to grow your program, more than happy to have you on my list and I can share you some great insights. So that's very actionable. You can start doing some of those things right now. Yay. Thank you so much, Danielle. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you for having me, Ken. It's been so fun. Well, it is that time, audience. We are just about done. Where do you go next? Well, I would love for you to check out episode 445, How to Sell More Story with Robert Hughes. If you are on YouTube, it will be on the screen. The thumbnail will be on the screen here somewhere. Just have to find it. If you're on your favorite podcast app, you are going to be scanning back probably close to 30 to 40 episodes to find it. But it's another great episode on how to use story to sell in your business. Well, audience, have a great day and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.